Hello and welcome to the third episode already now of the third season of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and, and round one is in the books, Damo. It's, it was a pretty exciting round one. It was a statement round one in a, lo- in a lot of ways, good and bad. We're going to speak to Rob Beveridge for the first time on the show on this episode as well, which I'm very excited about. Let's get straight into it. Thanks to Hoop 7 for making this possible. I'm Chris Pike, but... The living legend that you've all tuned in to hear from, the six-time NBL champion, the six-time best defensive player that has been, as, as we know him affectionately, <laughs> Damien Martin, thanks for joining us. Has been, never was. No, I am pumped. It was an incredible weekend of basketball. Obviously, I'm biased. I live and breathe the Wildcats. And to put in some back-to-back wins, we'll talk in depth about it a little bit later in the show, but they were just brilliant, as were teams like South East Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Big win for Sydney. Look, we'll go into all the games from round one, but it's just good to see some live basketball out there again. Now, we were getting together this morning to record this show, and I was driving in and turned on the radio as soon as I got in the car and... I hear Damien Martin's voice. I just just can't escape you sometimes, Damo. You turn on the TV, there you are. You try to buy a house, and there you are. You try to buy. You try to have a drink of a sports drink, and your face is staring right in front of you. You try to buy gold, and you can't help it but get it off you. You you try to go up to the Pilbara, and you you see what you're doing up there. Um, it's hard to escape you, Damo. Mate, and we are broadcasting from uh, the foundation I'm, I'm proud <laughs> we, to be a part of. Are. So, no, it's good to be involved in a few different things. And you're right, I apologise for my tardiness earlier. I was supposed to be here a little bit earlier, but end up doing another radio interview. And speaking all things Wildcats, I got caught up and just kept talking. The poor guys that interviewed me, they probably had to edit it and cut it down significantly. <laughs> yeah. But great I think it was live. I don't think they could do much Oh, no, apologies. But you were talking to our friends at Sport FM and they've been kind enough to give us a platform to broadcast this show on a Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this on Sport FM, thank you for, for tuning in. But if you're downloading this show or listening to it on any other platform, thanks for tuning in wherever you are, probably in the world. We might have some listeners in, in Russia or Israel or who knows. Sure, my uncle's tuning in from America. I, 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 I hope I'll so. send it to him. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> now, Damo, before we do continue on, on our show this week and... There's plenty to get through, so we won't waste too much time. But I just wanted to thank, once again, Hoop7 for their support of, of our show. We wouldn't be able to be into our third season now without the support of Hoop7. And if you don't know who Hoop7 are, in my mind, and I'd be saying this even if they weren't our great partners, the best basketball store in Australia, whether you go and visit them in person, if you're living in Perth, on Murray Street, go and phys- visit their physical store, or indeed check them out online at hoop7.com.au anything you could ever imagine needing basketball wise in terms of merchandise or your shoes the shoe range is absolutely top of the range and it's every size so you get the normal normal size shoes like probably me and you demo or if you're the the bigger size shoes you know 13 14 15 plus hoop7 will have whatever shoes you're after in stock so the range is enormous obviously all of the the basketball range from jordan to nike to 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 Adidas to to Puma to whatever you, you whatever you can can hope to find the range is enormous but the basketball gear is absolutely second to none whether it's NBL gear NBA gear whether you want to get a basketball a singlet a, a pair of shorts whatever you can think of Hoops Heaven is your one stop shop and especially right now check them out to get it in time for Christmas I couldn't imagine getting a better Christmas gift myself than something from Hoops Heaven. So if anyone's listening, feel free to pick me up something. Or indeed, if you want to buy something for some some member of your family or or someone in cl- somebody close to you, then 
It's absolutely nothing better than getting something from Hoops Heaven, Damo. I know that you're you're going to be, you know, decked out in anything you can from Hoops Heaven. And if you're looking to buy online, make sure you get in nice and early. You don't want to be disappointed before Christmas. Get in as soon as you can to place your order. If you place it now and probably within the next week, we'll make sure that it gets to you in time for Christmas or in time for you to give to somebody for Christmas. So thanks once again to the great support here of the show of Hoop7. Check them out at hoop7.com.au or if you're close enough, go and check them out on Murray Street in the Perth city. Now we're going to speak to Rob Beveridge on this week's show and I'm really excited about the plan we've got together to put together the team that we have and like we said from the start of the show, rather than have some random guests who might be current players and sort of limited on what mm. they can say, obviously Alex Loudon will be part of the team, Adam Gibson, we spoke to Sean Redditch last week and Rob Beveridge now this week. Um, what are you most looking forward to, to hearing from Bevo, Bevo about? Oh, a little nervous. He knows a lot about me. He's got a lot of dirt over me. Look, he, and he doesn't hold back, does he? He's no, happy to say anything. No, he is uncut, unfiltered. <laughs> Look, he, he and I go back since I was uh, when I was a 15-year-old. I'd quit basketball. I was playing rugby league at the time. Didn't foresee myself bouncing the ball ever again. And then got a call out of the blue. And, you know, all these years later, he was the reason that I was convinced to quit rugby league, play basketball. And he, he gave me that lifeline. So I'm excited to chat to him, not only as someone that I admire in a basketball perspective, someone that went on to be a coach and a mentor of mine. And now he's just a mate. To be yeah. honest, he's just a good and, mate of mine. And, and we'll talk to him about his family. When you met him, he wasn't a dad at all. He's now got he's <laughs> now got two adult children plus one who's now about to enter year 12. Makes me feel old. I was in my teenage years and now I'm retired, married with two of my own and plenty of grey hair. So, yeah, we've been there for uh, each other's ups and downs over the last 20-odd years, but it's just good now to have him on the show, a regular. And if you've ever got questions you want us to fire away mm. to someone like a Sean Redditch, uh, Rob Beveridge, Matty Knight, Adam Gibson, you know Alex Loudon, whoever it may mm. be, please hit us up on our socials and we'll ask them on your behalf. Now, we round one's in the books. We saw the first – how many games was it? We saw well, six games, I think it was, five five or six games we saw for the, the first round. Every team was, was in action, Damo. Initial reactions, what, what stood out to you from round one? Yeah, it was six games and what stood out were imports – Yep. Uh, some in particular were just fantastic. That's something I want to expand upon in in a second and have a chat about because I think more than ever the imports are probably going to determine your fate this season. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you get a, a we, can, good, we can talk about it now. Good That's group of yeah. core play core Australians, you know, because you can have three imports and then essentially a next star. You know, you've got four foreigners you can have on yep. your team you get that right there's only five on the court at any given mm. time so that's the, the majority of your players may not be australian but the depth is a huge factor and with the style of play that most teams have with picking up 90 foot turning a player fatigue does come does become a part of the game as mm. do injuries which we saw a plethora of yeah. over the weekend a lot of players missing but yeah you get those imports right they buy into your team they develop that chemistry with the core group of players already wearing that jersey it's going to go a long way to success and we saw that from a few teams in particular yeah well, the, the biggest takeaway i took was that across the the 10 teams there's probably not a lot of difference in the australian or new zealand mm. talent on each roster i think your success is going to be determined by by your imports and you have a look at have a look at perth they only had Vic law and bryce cotton but but Vic took over the first game and then Bryce took over the second. And as a result, Perth had two two really good wins. We had had 
Um, Xavier Munford have a have a huge Shit, game to lead fantastic. the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. We saw Josh Majed and Josh Adams at Tasmania. They mm-hmm. were instrumental in the Jack Jumpers winning what a great winning, start to winning their, their first career. game. Um, the two imports of the well, the three imports of the Kings, but Gerald Martin plus plus their their, their two new imports were fantastic. Um, virtually four imports at the Hawks, and <laughs> when you add in Jessup, and they were all a big part in their win. But conversely to that. Um, Adelaide didn't get a lot out of their two imports. Dusty Han has really, really struggled. He he came in with such huge raps on being... Doesn't mind an unsportsmanlike. Oh, he man, doesn't. And he's, a, he's a feisty little player. He is, but he, he came in with the reputation of being, well, so-called the best shooter outside of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he shot a combined... Seven of twenty-five, I think it was across across yeah. his his first two games. Really struggled. So Adelaide's two imports really struggled, and as a result, they lost their their two games. I'm not sure the three imports at Cairns are going to be good enough to put enough points on the board for the Taipans to be that competitive. Melbourne's only got one import right now, and mm. as a result, I know they were missing other players as, as well. But they they lost on the back of that. The Breakers didn't get a lot out of out of their imports. I, I just think that. If your imports fire, you're going to be really good this year. But if they don't, you might struggle, and it might not be long until we see some import replacements, even even as well. Yeah, but it is see this is where we tend to disagree because you sag off someone like a, a Todd Blanchard. Now I know he's mm-hmm. not out there right now, but you sag off the wrong person, and then the imports, the good imports, will still kick it on, make the extra pass. Okay. Bryce Cotton's the most unselfish scorer in the league. Yep. And so that's why game two in particular, game one, he's, he's getting you know harassed as a physical, kept getting the ball to Vic. Vic had the yep. hot hand, it was amazing. Game two, when Bryce got going, he made the right decisions, put 31 points on the board, but he was still feeding the basketball to Vic, to Jesse Wagstaff, you know, who, Kyle when he yep. was open. So he still makes the right decisions. But more importantly, it's at the defensive end. If you can limit a team to one shot, which Perth in particular were doing to Cairns, mm. it's tough for someone like... Uh, Scotty Machado yeah. to get going. It's tough for McCall when he gets in foul trouble because mm. he's forced yeah. to play toe th- both ends so tightly. So it, it is a combination of, yeah, the imports have to be able to put points on the board, but you need guys to be able to get you extra possessions. And that's where, sure. in particular, for the Wildcats over the weekend, I thought Majuk Majuk was the unspoken hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Hayes, you know, if he asks for my <laughs> lunch money, I'm giving it to him. He's a big boy. He is. But I think combined, they got 14 offensive boards between them. Yeah. That's extra looks that you can then kick out to your import, and they're getting two looks at the basket every second or third trip down the, uh, down d- the court. D- Dane Pino was the same for the Phoenix. He exactly set the tone right. for that game. He had five offensive rebounds in the first half, and he was a big reason why they were able to open up a, a 20-point lead. You limit a team to one shot – you're going to struggle regardless of how good your imports are. And that's where the good teams like a Dame Pino with South East, like the Wildcats with Majuk Majuk, Oliver Hayes, are going at, you know, Luke Travers had 13 yeah. rebounds. Yeah. They just kept getting those extra possessions. You win the possession game and you got the skill to back it up. It goes a long way to putting points on the board. Now, live live experience for you in the jungle, Damo. Were you there on Friday night, first of all? No, I was at a friend's wedding down in Margaret okay. River and at reception there would have been about four tables <laughs> that all had the phone out were watching the game live from yep. the reception. Thankfully, the bride and groom are both basketball supporters, mm-hmm. so they weren't offended whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so I saw the games on Friday yep. via uh, a wedding reception yep. okay. and then Sunday, yeah, to be courtside, calling the game, listening in on both huddles. Obviously, mm. I know Adam Ford. Well, uh, I said last week, the first thing I wanted to ask you was mm. – what did you make of Scott Morrison in his huddles, hearing him for the first time? It's all about the next play. Uh, I love that. It's not about how you messed up there, you messed up that. The players know themselves where they've messed up a scout or they've done something wrong with a turnover. You don't need to always address that. Now, if it's conditioned behaviour, if they keep a patented behaviour, they keep doing it. 
sure, you might have to pull them aside and say, hey, stop doing this or stop mm. doing that. For Scott, it was cool, calm and collected. He let the boys get their breath back, have a drink. And then when he came in, it was all about the next possession, whether it's a defensive strategy or an offensive play, uh, play they wanted to run. And they usually executed very well. So he did not seem rattled at all. Uh, that was reflective in the boys. You've got to remember the first 17 minutes of the game, Cairns were the better team. Yeah. Now, the last three minutes, the Wildcats took over and they never looked back. But it didn't matter whether they were down five, down ten in that first you know. Now, did he know who you were? Well, he played it well. Uh, Danny Mills, who's the new general manager of basketball operations, I was chatting with him pre-game. Yeah. He said, do you want to come and meet Scott? And I'm like, mate, he's getting ready for a game. I'm like, <laughs> I could remember the days of Trev yeah. Gleeson. There's no way Trev <laughs> wanted anyone walking mm. in and an introduction you know, an hour before tip-off. Instead, Scott stopped what he was doing, got up, gave me his time, and I was very appreciative of it. So I got to meet him right before you know, he was about to go out. He didn't the answer court. the question. Did he know who you were? Well, he shook my hand and said, no, really nice to meet you. Heard all, yeah, he played it off. Danny gave <laughs> okay. me the introduction that made it easy for him. So, <laughs> no, I was, it was uh, really good to get, meet Scott off the court and then hear what he had to say during the course of the game. Now, the biggest question from Sunday as well, or the second biggest question, how did, did you see how Dylan Redditch went at halftime? <laughs> I did. Look, I love Sean. He's one of my favourite all-time teammates. But uh, let's just say that the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> I did see Dylan, you know, two-on-one fast break. Could have given it up, went for the basket himself. So, uh, no, he's going to be – I dare say that's the first of many games. You'll see Dylan Redditch out on RAC Arena. Mm. He's going to be a star just like his dad and it's all a bit of fun. It, and just to see Sean coaching, that's when you realise that the game's bigger than the, the court that's played on. De, uh, Sean was just a very proud dad seeing oh, Dylan yeah, out fantastic. there. and It was good fun. Okay. Now, we're going to have three awards on the show this season, Damo. The first one is the Damo. It's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory. The Best Defensive Player Award. Last season, of course, it was won by, by Mitch Norton. Yep. Um, he didn't get your official NBL trophy. That went to Justin Simon. But mm. the votes that you gave, it went to Mitch Norton. So that's who we're going to stick with. So he's the defending champion. But as for this week, who, who caught your eye defensively? Well, to see McCall up close, mm. you know, obviously he came out here, he's supposed to be the Bryce Stopper. The commentators already handed in the, your trophy too, <laughs> hadn't they? They were early into it, <laughs> about third third possession of the game, they said he's going to win it, and he did not disappoint. Mm. Now, I know Cairns had an underwhelming performance, but when they were in the game, when they actually had the lead, was when McCall, you know, he's picking up full court, he was getting after Vic Law, then he switches to Bryce when Bryce gets going. His energy is contagious and he made other players around him yep. better. So because of how hard he was playing, Scott Machado was getting after Bryce. Scott Machado was getting after anyone he picked up. And then rebounding as well. You know, mm. McCall in that first quarter in particular, he would have led all both teams in defensive rebounds. And as we addressed earlier in the show, when you limit a team to one shot, that goes a long way to winning a game. And he was getting after the mm. rebounds defensively. He gets in foul trouble. He goes to the bench. That energy drops off. That rebounding ability drops off. And Perth start to put points on the board. It, it was the common factor was he's on the court. Yeah. Perth was struggling. He's off the court. Perth could do whatever they wanted. So defensively, he was brilliant. And I think he will go on to do some things, mm. uh, potentially win that overall award. I know it's only round one. Well, if you're Mitch Norton and Sunday Detch in particular, you want to get back very quickly or else you might you might be nine votes down by the time you've played a game. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's going to be tough for those injured guys. Look, with two points this week, I went to Kyle Zunick, the DP mm. for the Wildcats. First and ever development player to make his debut as a starter. 
That's incredible. Obviously, Mitch Norton's out injured. Mm. He slots into it. Uh, Kevin White, we didn't know this at the time, but he was ill on the mm. day. And so, yeah, they gave the, the spot to Kyle Zunick. He did not disappoint. To get him on a two-year DP contract yeah. is incredible. In- amazing pickup by the club. You know, he's a lefty. He can go both ways. He's aggressive. He's smart. I think he's going to be a hell of a player at both ends of the court, but he will have his bread and butter at the defensive end. And Scott Machado, four points. He had more turnovers and fouls, I yep, believe, than points. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with Zunick's aggressiveness and yep. willingness to get in a stance and slide his feet. So two and, points. And really, if Cairns are going to do anything this year, Machado has to be a big-time scorer, doesn't he? Because McCall's not necessarily a scorer. Zimmerman's not either. They didn't have Jerick out there either. Mm. Noy was great offensively yep. for them, uh, but he takes what's given to him. And, yep. and Scotty is involved in creating and kicking out to him but you're right I think he's got to be a double-double guy with points and assists yeah. uh, Scotty does and then get a handful of rebounds so a lot of pressure on him but it didn't, doesn't make it easy when you've got Zunik all up in your grill no. the whole game uh, and for one point this week for the Defensive Player of the Year award Xavier Cooks he was everywhere and you just yeah. forget how good of an athlete he yeah. is obviously he was in and out last year was completely out the season before he is a superstar of the league yep. in the making and he can do it at both ends. But defensively, he's just got that long wingspan, gets after players, deflects passes, blocks shots and gets out and runs. So I love him as a player. Can't wait to see what the season uh, has in store for him. But defensively, he was great again. Now, our second award, I'm going to call it the Redditch. So he, he's, <laughs> he's going to be giving votes for the Player of the Year award. And, and similar to last year, he couldn't split Bryce Cotton and and Tyler Harvey at the end of the mm. regular season. So our listeners ended up deciding Bryce is our, our MVP <laughs> last season. So Sean is back again to give his his votes. And it's probably tough to argue, but um, he's gone one vote drop Reith from the Illawarra Hawks, two votes Josh Majette from the Jack Jumpers, three votes Bryce Cotton, four votes Xavier Munford from the Phoenix, and five votes for Vic Law. Can you pick any holes in that? No, they're all going to get votes. There's probably more so a few people that missed out that could have been in there just from some of the other teams that won. But, yeah, when you have 37 points on a Friday night, the most for a Wildcat on debut for the club since uh, James Crawford at 33 mm-hmm. all those years ago. So if it goes, um, goes on to have the same type of career as James Crawford, the Wildcats fans are very happy. Mm-hmm. Xavier Munford, we, we touched on earlier, he was just brilliant. He was fun to watch. Uh, I dare say he's going to be in this polling a lot as the season progresses. Bryce Cotton, phenomenal, still the best player in the league. Uh, and then, yeah, Majet, he's just great. And mm. that, that combo of Harvey and Duop, it's a big reason why I think you're going to see the Hawks go deep into the season, why I predicted them to be uh, in the finals. Now, the third award, it's it's an award I want to introduce for... I haven't seen this for, before. For, it's, you it's, just for, snuck this on me. It's for the, the guy that doesn't get the the attention. He might not score the 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 points. He might not be the, the standout defender, but it's the guy that he's the glue to your team. The Mitch McCarron from Melbourne United is the mm-hmm. guy that, that springs to mind from, from last year. But the man that it most reminds me of is Galen Young. Yeah. So your, like your, your, really fir- nice. your first championship, I, I'm, I'm convinced you don't win that without the leadership and the, and the toughness and the, the character of Galen Young, who came into that team halfway through the season and, and helped lead you to that 2010 championship with Rob Beveridge, who we'll, we'll speak to shortly. So I want to call this award the Galen in, in honour of a man who, in horrible circumstances, mm. passed away last year. But he had an enormous impact on me. We can talk more about him as our, as our season goes on. But I'm, I just don't want him to be forgotten. Um, and I, I, want, I want to acknowledge the guy that might not score... The huge amount of points will get the get the accolades. So this award will be the Galen for the best team man each and every week. 
Um, and I would like to nominate Dane Pino for the first, mm. the first winner of the Galen because I just think Munford did so many great things for the Phoenix. So did Mitch Creek. But Dane Pino set that game up just with his hustle on the glass and his offensive rebounding. And that's the type of play that I'd like to recognise on the Galen. I love that. Uh, so in our run sheet, I was not told <laughs> that, one, this award was being announced. Secondly, not the name of it. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't think of a more appropriate guy to have it named after Galen. You're exactly right. We had Paul Rogers, who was the captain going into the season. Martin Catalini, Olympian, won championships. Both get injured very early in the season. Mm. They bring in Galen Young, and he really was the glue that brought us all together. Gave, instilled confidence, because we were a young team. Kevin yep. Lynch straight out of college. My first season with the Wildcats. Jesse Wagstar's first season with the Wildcats. You know, you name it, we needed uh, an influential player off the court as much as on it, and uh, and Galen was that guy. And the first, I remember him subbing in in the finals, and he said, Bevo, I'm going to go get two fouls. He literally told <laughs> yep. the head coach, yep. hey, just give me two <laughs> minutes, I'm going to get two yep. fouls. But he set the tone. He's like, guys, we're playing too soft, I'm going to go beat up on a few guys. Set the tone early, it was contagious, and off the back of that, you know, just a great guy. So there, yeah, I'm over the moon for it because the Galen, and I couldn't agree more. There's there's some guys that come to mind off the top of my head, like a Majuk Majuk. Yep. Just do that dirty work that goes unnoticed at times. Yeah, but, good but Majuk absolutely could have won it this yeah. week. But, but yeah. Pino, and Pino's been doing it for the last few seasons. Yeah. You know, he is a, a big part of their team. And it's funny because, because he makes so much fun of himself off the court <laughs> and yeah. he's that laid back character. It's easy for him to go unnoticed. Mm. But then when you start paying attention to him, which I encourage you all to do, you'll see the little things he does every single possession. Uh, get a hand to a basketball, even if they don't end up getting it. Mm. Uh, yeah, a hard show on their best player. Doesn't make any mistakes in the on-ball scout. So, yeah, great candidate, great first-round uh, winner in Dane Pinot. Mm. Yeah, next week I'll, I'll share the story of the last thing that I ever spoke to Galen about, and, and that's why I think it's a fitting thing for us to be doing here on the mm. show. Let's take a quick break, Damon. When we come back, we'll run through the results quickly of last round. Then we'll speak to Rob Beveridge. Then we'll come back, get your preview for or your tips for round two, and then we'll be we'll be done here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Round one of the NBL season is in the books. It started on Friday night and it was an overtime game. Tasmania Jack Jumpers beat the Brisbane Bullets in overtime, 83-74. to 74. Nathan Sobey getting ejected probably had a big oh, say in that, in that game. Second up on Friday night, the Perth Wildcats. Too good for the Adelaide 36ers. Disappointing, I think, from the 36ers, but obviously impressive from Perth, 85-73. to 73. Then on Saturday, South East Melbourne Phoenix, way too good for a, the shorthanded breakers, 89-65. to 65. And then the triple header on Sunday, Illawarra Hawks, 81, beat the Adelaide 36ers, 71. Sydney Kings, 79, over another shorthanded team, Melbourne United, 74. And then last up, where you were, Damo, the Perth Wildcats. After, after sort of midway through the second quarter, way too good for the Cairns Taipans, winning 90-67. to 67. Um what stood out to you from all, all, of, all of those results overall? Look, there is a lot that stands out if I was to go to each individual game. The reality is Tasmania Jack Jumpers. First time in the league. It's been uh, Scott Roth is their coach. He was our former assistant coach here at the Wildcats. Great guy, an American dude. Was in the NBA as a player, was an assistant coach over there, was coaching in China when we brought him out here to assist mm. Trev Gleeson. 
when he got the head coaching gig, he pretty much packed up and headed straight over to Tasmania. So he's been yep. trying to build a culture for about 12 months now, going all across the island, just trying to rejuvenate the sport, bring everyone in together under the name the Jack Jumpers. Mm. He hasn't seen his family in 14 months. Yeah. With COVID, his wife and daughter just have not been able to get into the, the country. And so he's dealing with that off the court, trying to put together a team on the court for a team that has never existed. And he's just, you know, he'd be over the moon. It'd be an, it would have been an emotional win, double OT. You couldn't have scripted it better. Yeah. On your home court, first ever game in the NBL, absolutely over the moon, not only for Scott Roth, another there's just a huge Perth connection there yeah. you know Jacob Chance was our yep. assistant coach he's a Perth boy Clint Steinle the captain Clint Steinle the inaugural captain I, yep. you know I'd text him straight away and just couldn't have been happier for him you know we've got some former players that are over there as well that were in the in the Wildcats uniform last year Magnes Besto. one of them Bairstow's another yeah so just a great win Tazzy Jack Jumpers welcome to the NBL hopefully the first of many to come yeah it was great to see um, one thing I wanted to point out the Cairns Taipans caught Noy a big game from him. He's doing well to match your prediction for the most <laughs> most improved player. It's all. It, yeah, he was great, and just his efficiency was brilliant. He does not need many touches to put points mm. on the board. The thing that was a little upsetting when you put on, you know, you kind of, if I was out there on the court, he had a hot hand. Run yeah. more plays for him. Yeah. You know, what's he go? Five of eight from the three-point line. And and four of those were probably, I think, in the first probably twelve minutes of the game. Exactly right. So run some plays. Get him the ball and see if, if he goes five of 20, you stop feeding him the ball. Sure. <laughs> but sure. when you're five of eight, you look at that going, you know, he should have had more opportunities and you, and you love to see him get 15 attempts up mm. as a bare minimum, especially for a team that was out. You know, Mirko wasn't there. He was injured. Yeah. That's a guy that he run plays for yeah. as well. He's not on the court. Okay, who do we look to? And Noy had the hot hand, but he didn't get enough touches in my opinion. No, absolutely. Okay, that was round one. It was a big weekend of action. When we come back, really excited here on Hoop 7's uh, Basketball Hustle to chat to Rob Beveridge. The Bevo coming up. Okay, back here on Hoop 7 Basketball Hustle and delighted to speak to this man for the first time and delighted to have him part of the family on the show here, Damo. Rob Beveridge, let's get straight into it. Thanks very much for joining us and it must be strange talking to two people like us who you, you know so well. Yeah, well, I mean, you're both quite strange, so I'm quite used to it. But, uh, yeah. uh, so absolutely, absolutely awesome to you know, chat with you guys and I'm uh, looking forward to getting back and uh, sitting down face to face. Look, I can't believe Pikey introduced you by saying delighted to speak with you. I'm a little <laughs> nervous more than anything. You know way too much about me. No, look, Bevo, you did mention you, you excited to get back here. The plan is that you will come and oversee all of basketball at Rockingham. What type of time frame do you have for getting out west? Yeah, and uh, I've, I've mentioned plenty of times, you know, people keep asking that question, but, uh, you know, I just can't get in the state. It's, mm. uh, you know, I won't be there until... Uh, Mark McGowan uh, lifts his um, restrictions and stuff like that. But uh, I've been working remotely, uh, doing a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of coaches setting up programs, things like that. But uh, I've I, I got to get on the ground to be able to do my job properly and hopefully that'll be sooner than later. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know that everyone was over the moon when they saw that our beverage is heading back west, but hopefully the second that border is opened up, you can get on out here and we can catch up because we've got plenty to go through on and off air and probably more so off air. <laughs> but, uh, we'll try and keep it PG rated for this uh, radio station. Mate, what are your thoughts so far of round one and the take on the NBL? 
Yeah, look, um, the, the lease getting stronger every year, and uh, you know, I mean, obviously having you know, three imports plus the next star, uh, you know, the, the quality of players is very, very high. Uh, I didn't see all the games; I saw a lot of the games. Uh, obviously, you know, I think some teams are still rusty. There's a lot of new coaches to the league, and I think that. You know, they, you know, even they've struggled a little bit because uh, you know a lot of these American coaches are coming. It's the first time they've coached in in our league, and it is a different style of game. And uh, but but you know, I was quite impressed with some of the teams. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Perth silenced a lot of critics. There's a lot of people out there saying, "Oh yeah, you know, change of coach, you know, change of players, things like that." They might struggle, but they were very impressive on the weekend. You're exactly right. And just look at the players they had out. Matt Hodgson. A new import altogether in Fraser. Uh, Mitch Norton, Todd Blanchfield, Corey Sherville, yet they notch up back-to-back wins. And Vic Law and Bryce Cotton were outstanding. Bevo, you've coached a lot of great <laughs> players. You know, Andrew Bogut, Matty Knight, just Kev Lish, just to name a few. Damien Martin. Oh, let's not get carried Damien away. Damien Martin. If, <laughs> if, if you could coach any current player, who would excite yeah. you the most? Uh, without a question, Bryce Cotton. Yeah. You know, like he, he's... You know, I was in the league for you know well over ten years, and uh, you know, I, I had no answer to to Brian. We threw everything at him. We double team, triple team, spelled the shit out of him. <laughs> Anything we could possibly do to try and stop, and, and we just couldn't. He's that good. You know, that, that, me, let's be honest. He'd probably win that championship if Bryce wasn't on that Perth team. No, no question. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, no, no. I shouldn't say that. He, 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 they no could have replaced him with someone else. Yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he, he's as good as I've ever seen. And, uh, he, he, you know, just the, the, the way he played. You know, like game, game one, he was he was solid. He was he was Bryce, but Big Ball was like a wow factor. Mm-hmm. But then it was like game two when I watched it, I just felt that, you know, Bryce was just letting everybody know that uh, you know, he's the number one player in the league. And <laughs> probably let Big, Big Ball know as well it's his team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he just looked patient out there, you know, in particular, he's yeah. just... Anyone double teamed him or they were sagging yeah. off someone, he made the extra pass. He's led the league in scoring for three consecutive seasons, but I still consider him the most unselfish scorer I've played yeah. alongside because he just doesn't force things. He takes what's given, he can score above two hands, but if it's not there, he will make the extra pass. And now with Vic Law alongside him and some others yeah. to rejoin him, yeah, they're going to go from strength to strength. Yeah, they will. And uh, yeah, you bring you know Fraser back into it, and as you said, you know, Hodgson and uh, you know, Mitch Norton and Todd Blanchfield and going, geez. I think the biggest thing is how, how is Scott Morrison going to be able to have, you know, rotation-wise and keeping the balance and stuff with so many uh, good players out there. Yeah, and Luke Travis. I mean, the the goal, yeah. I mean, they're, they're loving him out west. I'm a big fan of LT. But the reality is when Todd Blanchfield's back, Fraser's mm-hmm. back, you know, where does LT slot in? So, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a good headache to have, but it's certainly one Scott's going to uh, be coming across very soon. I believe Toddy's not too far away from returning to the court, so we'll see how that impacts them. And it's funny you mentioned the Illawarra Hawks final. One of the biggest pitches in the office at the Wildcats front office is when Bryce dropped 40 points <laughs> against the Hawks in that game three. And to make things even better... 45. Wasn't it? 45. Ah, oh, look, I'm glad. 45. You 45. Yeah, no. Yeah, we shot him down to 45. <laughs> the best thing is, you can clear as day see that Mitch Norton, and I use this term very lightly, Mitch Norton was guarding him. Uh, so I take yeah. great pleasure in, in reminding Norto about that day, and, and it hangs there with pride and joy in the Wildcats office. Uh, mate, moving forward. Speaking of the Hawks, Ben, yeah. um, you're still in Wollongong. 
I really yep. like what we saw from them. I mean, they basically got four imports. I think Jessup, you can definitely count as an import. And we we saw on our predictions last week that Matty Knight thought <laughs> Justinian Jessup would run the field with all all of the all of the awards for for this season. Um, did you like what you saw from the Hawks? Yeah, look, I've always said to to win championships, you got to have uh, really good rookies, some good young players coming through. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, Froling, you know, a player like him, you know, they've, they've nurtured him. You've got some very, very good imports uh, there. I mean, like Tyler Harvey and, you know, like uh, Cleveland, he, he, he was uh, very impressive as well. Uh, and then uh, Rapid May, it's mm. like, wow. You know, like, that, those imports are legit. And then you've got some veterans with, you know, AJ and Timmy Conrad and, uh, you know, those types of players as well. So the they've got... Yep, they've got the, the, the balance and the depth in that team to, to be a legitimate championship team from what I see. And AJ looked great in that mm. pick-and-roll situation, yeah. especially yeah. in that first half. I think he and Harvey, it's almost rejuvenated his career to an extent. Yeah. Just seems to be a different player out there. Uh, look, Bevo, we go back a long time. Going back <laughs> all those years, what do you – and, you know, obviously you're coming out here, you're going to develop a lot of future stars – but looking back over the course of your career, what are some of the standouts from your days coaching the juniors and then seeing where those juniors have gone on and produced? Is that a question about oh, yourself? No, I'm more like Boga. But, it's, <laughs> but if you were to rattle off players that Bevo has been a huge influence no, no. on, it's incredible. I don't know if there's another coach out there mm-hmm. in, in Australian basketball that can say, I coached him, I was a part of that career. Mm-hmm. I coached her, I was a part of her career. I mean, there's there's got to be some standouts in particular and some stories that you yeah. that put a smile on your face. Oh, look, it's, um, you mean, I've done a lot of work now with mentoring and uh, working with some different organisations and stuff like that. Whenever they do an introduction, they're going, oh, yeah, you've done this, 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 and this, and whatever else. And you think, I've been doing this for 30 years now. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just think, my God, I feel old when people talk about it. But uh, the, the greatest thing about my job has been watch the players go from like, the, the, the juniors. Uh, you know, you know, pro careers and, and something, you know, people like yourself, you finish your career and you transition and, you know, like, you know, you married kids, like, you know, I've watched that whole journey and stuff like that. And that, that's probably the, the thing I love the most about, you know, my job being involved, you know, with all those players, you know, you do, you look at, you know, our world championship team from back there, you know, yeah. you know Matty Knights, Brad Newley, Brad Robbins, you know, yourself, Steve Markovic, Aaron Bruce, Alex Marich, you know, you just go through it and, you know, I mean, you know, the generations of, you know, the Mitch Nortons and the Todds and Nick Kays and, you know, it just goes on and on and, uh, you know, it's it's yeah you know, I've been blessed with that and now I got to a point in my career where uh, you know I, I want to go back and uh, sort of restart that journey again with working with young kids and and coaches like I'm doing so much mentoring with coaches to develop them to to bring the next generation through. And it is amazing, it's the old saying, you know, feed a man fish, feed him for a day, teach him to fish, feed him for life. I love that you're coaching coaches because I don't think people at the junior level realise how much of an influence they can have on an athlete's desire to continue, motivation, so on and so forth. Something that might be a throwaway comment from a coach that they move on from later that day can stick like glue to the play and be the reason they may end up quitting. And Bevo, you took a chance on me a long time ago. I quit basketball, was playing rugby league. 
And that for me was a sliding doors moment when you invited my dad and I to drive an hour yeah. to Raymond Terrace McDonald's and sitting across from a guy who looks like Ronald McDonald, he, uh, he made me quit rugby league on the spot, gave me a scholarship to New yeah. South Wales Institute of Sport. But he laid out this pathway that I never believed was achievable. And I remember dad and I, the whole drive home, just went back and forth saying, if even 50% of Bevo, you know, what Bevo says comes to fruition, let's give it a crack again. And, and for me, that was the biggest moment in my well, life because that sport had a lot to do with who I am today as a person. So I love that you're back and gay involved, not only from a coaching perspective, but more importantly, coaching coaches and teaching them to have an eye on players, teaching them the communication skills they need to get through to players. And yeah, as a biased player of yours and uh, someone that admires you, I can't wait for you to be back out West. Yeah, no, Perth, Perth's been wonderful for me and, uh, you know, it's been one of my all-time favourite places and, uh, yeah, we want to move back there as a family and uh, yeah, get back to, you know, working with the young kids and being influencers and, and showing them that there is a pathway and uh, to, to, to success and obviously, you know, you're a major part of that and, uh, yeah, that's, that's what makes, you know, my career so worthwhile is knowing that you've helped people along the way and probably shown people that there is pathways and you can do it. It's simple as that. If you're put in the right position and, you know, teaching that belief and, you know, the, the, the work ethic and all of those things, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Just touching on this move back to Perth and Rockingham, um, the first thing you said to me when I contacted you after the appointment was that you're coming home. Is that what Perth feels like for you? Does it yep. does it feel yep. like it's home? Flat out, it, it has. It's uh, uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me was going to Perth. Uh, there's no no question, and you know I love my time there. Uh, yeah, and that's where my kids grew up. You know, we've got you know, a lot of friends that are our family now. Uh, you know, so I've been a, lived in lots of different cities over my career. Uh, but every single time I ever come back to Perth, it's like when the plane touches down, it's like the weight of the world's off the off your shoulders. That you just it's such a, a great community of people that get behind you. Um, and you always have family and stuff like that, which is important. But uh, I think your friends that you make in Perth, because a lot of those people are actually from the interstate, mm. and they become your family. And uh, that was the thing. You know, I love the lifestyle. You know, my best friends are there. Uh, you know, my kids' friends are there. And it just you know, got to a point where you know, there was basically no jobs in the NBL and uh, I was going, okay, well, what I'm going to do now, yeah, I could end up overseas and whatever else. But you get to a point where uh, you're no longer chasing championships. You're no longer you know, trying to you know, prove yourself. You know, I've got nothing to prove to anybody. I just want to uh, be able to get back in an environment that uh, is good for myself and my family. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realise that even when you – moved to Wollongong to take on the Hawks job that your family stayed back in Perth for a long time. Yep. And I remember you, you came back here for a game and you had to go to go to Jaden's graduation on the <laughs> night and it just turned out well that you were able to get back in Perth and the timing worked yep. well where you could get to that graduation. So do the five of you all, do the five of you all come back to Perth or what, what are the plans? So, so yes, we all will end up back in Perth eventually, but my, my youngest son, uh, you know, which makes Domo feel old, but you know he's sixteen now. Oh, I can't and, believe it. Uh, I, I, I remember seeing, yeah. I remember meeting him as a two or three year old. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that, that's the whole thing. That, you know, it makes you guys feel old now. <laughs> uh, but um, he, he, he's going to finish his year twelve over here in, in New South Wales. But I mean, I, I've I've bounced my kids around from place to place over the years, and uh, and they've been extremely supportive, and you know they've been very resilient and things like that. But you know, it's important that you know. Noah wants to finish his year 12, uh, do his HSC here. And uh, so my wife, will, she'll stay behind uh, with with Noah. And then 
I'll, I've actually taken a job back in New Zealand. Yep. So I, I'd, I'd already committed to going back there to do one more season and uh, you know, try and finish on a high when I win a championship over there and I get semi-retire from team coaching, so to speak, and you know, get into the coach education side of things. But I'd say my two elder kids, they'll come with me uh, mid-year next year when I, when I finally get over to live full-time and I over get- there. But, yeah. yeah, sorry, I guess just looking ahead to 12 months' time, you would have coached that last season at the at the Southland Sharks and hopefully all of these COVID restrictions are over by 12 months' time and life yeah. life is kind of normal. Yeah, well, I mean, I think life is normal over in WA because you haven't been exposed to it. But we, we, just can't get been... In, we just can't get in or out or no one else can either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, your own, your own little jail over there, which <laughs> yeah. is a good place to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been very chaotic. You know, the last uh, couple of years. Well, how many uh, how many days have you spent in quarantine over the last twelve or eighteen months? Yeah, I've done fifty three days <laughs> in, in quarantine, <laughs> and yeah, that that was one of the deals that I said to uh, Rockingham when they approached me. Uh, I said, look, I'm not going to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel. You know, it is it is inhumane. Like a lot of people just don't see how how tough it is. Well, people think that oh, yeah, you stay in a you know five star hotel. Well, no, you're locked in a room yeah. and you've got no air, you've got no sunlight, you are treated like a prison, the food is crap, uh, things like that. It's not a good situation. And, Plus you have uh, to pay so for I, it yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, I, I was lucky that, you know, I had the club pay for, yeah. pay for um, you know, for, for me. But, yeah, no, it is, it, it, it's not a good situation for mental health. And, uh, you know, it disappoints me that the, the government's are, uh, you know, the, what they're doing. Like, there's got to be a better way of doing it. it it's simple as that. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to do another, you know, 14 days in quarantine in a hotel over there. So, I'm, you know, Rocky Ham's aware of that. And uh, as soon as they open the borders, I'll get over and uh, hopefully start a, a new life. Mate, I can't wait for you to get over here. But going back to Noah, that does make me feel old. He's going into year 12. I remember being at a, a dinner over at the Beverages and Noah would have been oh, two years of yep. age going yep. through potty training. And a very proud yeah. moment was when Noah managed to go number twos by himself but then he walked out, dropped his ducks and said, is it all clean, Dad? Uh, so that's one one way to ruin a, a dinner. But I'm hoping he's uh, matured a little bit since then. And I can't wait for our next dinner. Yeah, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping our next dinner doesn't involve that. No, it is Massive. We're, we're so excited to have you on the show for the this season. We're going to pick your brain a lot more as we go on, but just want to have a bit of an introduction, a brief catch-up, and, mate, all the best for the, what time you've got left in the gong. Uh, but we'll tune in. There you go. Damo's taking over. Damo's wrapping it up already. I am. I'm wrapping him up, mate. I've got appointments. I've got places to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you off air and catch up properly then. <laughs> but, no, an absolute genius of the game and a big part of the show going forward. So a huge thank you, Bevo. Absolute pleasure. I can't wait to get over there, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Bevo. Okay, thank you to Rob Beveridge for joining us. He'll be back in a month's time as well, and we look forward to getting an update on what he's what he's up to and how much closer he's getting to getting over to Rockingham to to take on that role, Damo. But that's moving to round two of the NBL. It starts on Thursday night. This is the big game for the 36ers because they can't afford to go zero and three to start the season, I don't think. But it's going to be tough at on the road to the to, to the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Yeah, they had a lot of outs over the week and a lot of injuries. So I think their performance or well, my prediction comes down to who's healthy. I'm not I'm not sure they get anyone back. I'm not sure Sunday Detch is back. I'm not sure Kai Soto's back. And 
I don't think many Marlies back either. Oh, Harris out as well. Look, Sunday. I think Harris. I think Harris will pl- is available. Yeah, but he only met his teammates on Sunday morning before their first home game. <laughs> you can understand. He why, got out. Yeah. Got out of quarantine and turned up at shoot around. And well, they wouldn't have even had a shoot around. It was an early start. That's incredible. So he, he that was the first time he met his teammates. Well, you look at Fraser. You know, I know he's had like a little bit of an injury here and there, but two weeks quarantine, not moving around. You need some time to get back out there and up to full speed, full strength. So we'll see how he goes. He might play limited minutes. Is my prediction. Sunday the big miss for me no, Sunday just gets the tempo going at the defensive end and then and the, the strength other, of the jank jumpers is their two guards I was going to say yeah. and then all of a sudden who's going to guard their superstars they were impressive in round one so I'm going to go with Tazzy. Yeah. you know Adelaide just won the preseason cup you know I'm really excited that CJ Bruton's down there coaching great team on paper especially that Australian contingent but I think Tazzy just off the back of injuries to Adelaide and the confidence that would have been instilled in them in a home win over Brisbane, yeah, I think they'll, they'll keep rolling on into round mm. two with another dub. This is a tough one for the breakers. I think they'll get their coach back and they'll get Yanni Wetzel back, but it's going to be tough to make up the 30 points that they lost to the same team again six days earlier. So they, they play the South East Melbourne Phoenix again on Friday. Yeah, I know when I made my preseason predictions, I uh, left South East out. Mm. I'm starting to regret that. And I know <laughs> it's early days, but I really liked what I saw out there by the Phoenix. I think they'll continue to roll, like you said, to be able to turn around that big of a margin. It has happened. I've been on the receiving end mm. of those losses, and then we've been able to flip it for a win and vice versa. But no, I think South East are going to be too strong again on Friday night. And then Saturday, we've got a double header: Sydney Kings and the Illawarra Hawks. Is the bad blood between these two clubs real or is it manufactured? It's real and it starts at the top. You look <laughs> yeah, at their owners. Yep. Their owners are calling each other out. Yep. That's incredible. Spygate this week. Did you, did you catch that? <laughs> I missed that. What was Well, apparently the, the Hawks owner during during the Blitz when the Kings were in Wollongong to train mm-hmm. was in the, in the venue while, <laughs> while the Kings were having a practice session. Um, he says he was innocently just checking out the the seating arrangements and all the corporate set up and the Kings just happened to be training, but he was asked to leave, so he left. He came back, but the Kings hadn't quite finished their <laughs> training session, so he was not so politely asked to leave a second time. And now Paul Smith is, has brought this all up again this week and calling 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 all, calling the Hawks all sorts of things. So I, I think you're right. I think whether or not it, it extends as much to the playing group, I'm not sure, but... Mm. The two owners and the management certainly the, don't get along. The funny thing is, Paul, who's the Sydney Kings owner, he's an Illawarra boy. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah. he is an Illawarra boy. He's, he loves that region. He's done a lot of for the region, but yeah, he owns the Kings and has no problem calling out any other team. Look, it, it is real. They are rivals like us and Ad- the Wildcats in Adelaide. It is a real rivalry. Now, whether you personally dislike an opposition player, probably not. Mm. But that game itself, when you play the other club, it goes to another level and there is some spite in there. So it's a, it's a real uh, real thing for those mm. two teams and it's genuine at the top. Mm. <laughs> it's trickling down. Who wins? Oh, look, I just think Illawarra. Yeah. I, I think Illawarra, they've just got more – we mentioned got four, but essentially imports. Yeah. But then you've got Duop Reith, who I really mm. rate. Gorge has got them going. They look fit and healthy and it just looks like they're – healthier, ready to go, and they've got more games under their belt. Yeah. Sydney Kings only played, what, two preseason yep. games? Now, I know they got the win over Melbourne. Melbourne are missing some players, but I just think Illawarra have a bit more under their skin right now as chemistry, and I think in the early days they're going to you know, have the number on a few teams. Mm. This one's an interesting one. The Cairns Taipans get back home. First time in two years they've played at the Cairns Convention Centre, um, the redeveloped building there. Tasmania Jack Jumpers, they've got a big trip ahead of them on Friday to get up to Cairns. Um, 
What do you make of this one? Yeah, I'm going to tip the Taipans in this one. I know they were disappointing for the second half versus the Wildcats only a few nights ago, but they're going to be on that home court, a new stadium or a renovated yeah. stadium, and they're tough to beat up there. It does not matter what position on the ladder they are. Every time you go up there, they are hard to beat in Cairns, and I just think they're going to have a week. They're going to be fresh, and they'll be ready to go, and they'll be out to prove a point, and I think they're going to get that done against the Jack Jumpers. Another triple header on Sunday. Starts with the throwdown. Melbourne United and the... Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I can't wait. This is the game I'm looking forward to mm. most uh, in this round. Look, it's a it's a rivalry that's continuing to build. Yep. Uh, obviously, Melbourne have been around a lot longer. Originally, the Tigers now United, but Southeast, you know, they're right there. They're, they're yep. the younger sibling who are ready yeah, to take. It was over. a hell of a semi final series, even though it was in Sydney with mm. no crowd. It was a it was a hell of a series. Yeah, and they probably let them let that game go. I know. Yeah, that Southeast Melbourne actually watched a replay of that third game of the semifinals last week going yeah, into I round heard, one. Well, I think it was Dane Pino I heard talking mm. about that. So yeah. for a bit of added motivation, just a reason of why we're playing and what we're trying to, re- you know, a bit of redemption from last year. Look, I'm going to tip the Phoenix in this one. Uh, I do like Melbourne despite the loss. They've got a lot more potential, a lot of upside. I do think they will bring in an mm. import at some stage. Jack White's yet to come yep. back. But no, I'm going to tip Southeast. They're, they're fresh, healthy, and ready to go. Now, this next one, based on your predictions, they'll be both both winless coming into this game. The 36ers mm-hmm. at home to the Breakers. Adelaide. Adelaide will notch up a win this weekend, whether it's against Tassie or against New Zealand. Uh, unfortunately, that means New Zealand's losing streak will continue. Mm. But no, I think Adelaide are just too good in Adelaide and the team they've put together, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. They, they're going to get a lot of wins this season. It's just that it's a tough start to the season on now, the road. Now, this one is fascinating for a lot of reasons. The Wildcats against the Bullets at home to finish things off on Sunday. I, will you be on the microphone, first of all? I am. Yeah, I am calling the game on Sunday. So, so I mean, Vic Law up against his old team. Mm-hmm. If Matty Hoshan plays, he, he'll be up against his <laughs> former team. Um this one will be fascinating for a lot of reasons, including Brisbane having been in Perth for almost a week by the time the game starts. So there'll be no jet lag on their behalf. I was going to say, Brisbane are already here. Mm. They are in Perth. It's 37 degrees. It was 37 <laughs> degrees today. They are fine. They're fit. They're healthy. They're ready to go. And you're all right. There's some connections between those two teams. I, I know that when they signed those two boys in particular, the former Bullets players in Vicklaw and Hodgson, there was a few players for the Bullets that came out, yeah. and and I think it was all tongue in cheek, but made a few remarks about the signings. Look, they'll be up with a point to prove, and I'm excited to see how Vicklaw does respond because it's genuine friendships that he mm-hmm. has with some of those Bullets players. But whether he can push that aside and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, this is what you let slip. This is what I'm capable of." And he goes and uh, puts on another 30-point display. Uh, I can't wait to be courtside calling it. No, that'll be fantastic. Okay, it's been a big show. Thanks, Damo, for, for joining us. Thanks to Hoop7 for making it possible. Thank you to Tab Touch as well. And stay tuned later in the week for our Tab Touch preview with Maddie Knight. Now, I'm going to wrap it up. Chris Pike is my name. Thank you for joining us once again. And f- this time, rather than just leaving you an open slate, Damo, because <laughs> you, you don't always know where to go with your, your final words, <laughs> we're going to speak to Adam Gibson next week. What can we expect to hear from from Gibbo? Oh, just a high-quality person, hell of a basketball player, and a player that should still be out on the court. Uh, I'm excited to hear – well, not excited. I'm just blown away that he's not currently contracted to a team. So I want to hear what his thoughts are. I know that he's probably got to keep a bit up his sleeve, but he is a player. I'll continue to say that if there's an injury or two, surely A. Gibson's the first person you're going to call because he can slot into any roster and make that team better straight away as a leader, as a player, as a locker room guy. So I'm excited to hear where he's at in his life because it should still be a current NBL player.